0: You're a successful business owner or entrepreneur. You love it, but it consumes your entire day and sometimes your entire night. This is the 7 Figure Builder Show. It's a backstage pass to the minds of those who've already cracked the code. Welcome to the 7 Figure Builder Show. And now your host, Julie Baranek.
1: Welcome to the 7-Figure Builder Show. My name is Julie Baranek, founder of 7-Figure Builder, where we help high-achieving CEOs connect with their dream clients to scale to 7-Figures and beyond. And I'm here today with my friend, Donna Dubey. Hey, Donna. Hi, Julie. Thanks for having me. So excited to be here. Absolutely. Me too. So first and foremost, where in the world are you?
2: Ah, yes. Yeah. So I'm up in Toronto, Ontario, in Canada. Beautiful.
1: Nice fall weather where we're recording today. (laughs) (laughs) Awesome. Yes. We're getting that down here a little, a little bit as well. (laughs) Looking forward to the leaves. Yes. Awesome. Well, for those that haven't had the pleasure to meet you yet, can you tell us just a bit about what you do with your business? So my
2: business is CEO Amplify and I am a certified director of operations and business growth strategist. So what that really means is that I work closely with the CEO who is trying to grow their business without working 24-7. And so from the operations side, I helped them leverage three things, their time, their talent, and their tactics so that they can grow to the next level and still have time for life outside
1: of business. I love that. And that's, there's so many things in that, that you cover from time, talent, tactics, but where, you know, where do you help people the most? Like uh, where are they? Well, actually let's start with where are they in their career generally when you're helping them?
2: Yes, right. So most are six figures. They want to go to seven, but they feel stuck. So they are constantly putting out fires. They've got their laptop open way more hours than they're willing to admit. Um, And family and friends are starting to notice. And they're also starting to notice that I can't be as present in certain situations as I want to be right? I want to make more income without working harder. And the world will tell us work harder, grind (laughs) some more, and you'll get there. And I totally do not believe that. I believe in working smarter, not harder. Um, And so really, it comes down to being intentional with our time and time blocking and paying attention to how we're using our time as CEO to then maximize our efforts. Uh, We have to remember that even though you might think my business is not as big as I want it to be, you are still the CEO and that doesn't mean chief everything officer. (laughs) Right. And so I want you to really hone in on what your zone of genius is and make sure that your days and your weeks and your months are allowing you to work at that level. And the other things are either being delegated. They're being automated. We're stopping them. If we don't need to do them, we're systematizing all those workflows and things in the back end so that you're not sitting there going in and adjusting the landing page on your next project that you want to release, right? Um, So really just being intentional about that time. We only have 24 hours in a day. How we use it and how
1: we plan to use it really matters. Totally. And I'm a huge proponent of working smarter, not harder. (laughs) That's like the basis of what I do. So I totally agree with you. But for people that are hearing this and thinking, my God, that's me, where do they start? Like where, where do you even begin with that?
2: Yes. Right. So I heard this quote by James Clear and it's kind of always resonated with me. And he says, the myth is that there isn't enough time. There is plenty of time. There isn't enough focus with the time you have. So when I'm working with CEOs, we usually start there in terms of focusing. So some people may be starting their day like this. Get up, have breakfast. Maybe we have a morning routine, but likely we're heading straight to the laptop pretty quickly. Turn it on, log in. We've got, you know, 20 or 30 emails. We start going through those. Ding, ding on the phone. Someone wants to, you know, reach us on Instagram. Our team wants us on Slack. And so we're busy responding to everyone else's demands. Next thing we know, it's 2 or 3 p.m. We haven't accomplished a thing that was our priority as CEO. We have accomplished a thing to actually move the needle forward in our business. What we've been doing is being reactive to everyone else. And so I start there and say, I want you to flip the switch and start being proactive with your time, right? That doesn't mean ignore your team. It doesn't mean not answer your e- emails, but there's a time and place for that. And that will be built into your schedule, not necessarily first thing when you start the day.
1: Absolutely. And I think it's very important, like you said, to become proactive, not reactive. Like we need to be intentional with our time of where we're spending it instead of just putting out fires all day long. And before you know it, it's the end of the day and you haven't eaten yet. Mm -hmm. (laughs) That's not very sustainable.
2: (laughs) Right. And I just want to say, Julie, you know, we're talking about this now, but this is not because Julie and I are perfect. We still struggle with this at times, right. right? So don't feel that oh, we're bringing you know the answers because we no. do it all right. No, it's a journey, and um, you know one step at a time. Always try and be one percent better the next time.
1: Yeah, and a continual reassessment, right? Because you could have it like all nailed down, and then a month later you're like, wait, this is kind of trailing off in a way that I don't really feel comfortable, and it's not heading the direction that I want. So you kind of got to steer it back again
2: to yeah, bring things more in alignment. And life changes too, right? We go through different seasons as we're running our business. Some people start and the kids might be, you know, school age. And later on, they're, you know, teenagers and looking to, to move out of the nest and go to college and all of that. Or you may have parents who are aging and you need to do some care that way. So, you know, things change over time. And so don't be rigid that, well, I used to be able to do Um If circumstances in your life change, you have to give yourself grace and rework. Okay, what can I do with the time that I have?
1: Yeah, yeah. And I always think to myself, you know, we have the same twenty-four hours a day that Elon Musk has, or whoever you know you think about that accomplishes crazy amounts. Like that, it's the same twenty-four hours. So it just depends on how we choose to spend that time and who we bring into our world to help us maximize that time.
2: Yes, for sure, hundred percent. And I think a lot of it, you know. I have six sort of habits that I like to work with CEOs through, but one of them is really just focusing on growth versus maintenance tasks. So if we think about all the things that we need to do or need to get done in our business, there's a long laundry list, right? Um, But a lot of those can go under what I call the maintenance bucket. So things like admin work, customer service, fixing up a landing page, sending out emails through your email service provider. Lots of those things invoicing. Someone can take care of for you or you can automate or systematize some of it, right? So that the amount of time you as CEO need to spend doing those is reduced. And you say, okay, then what do I do with my time? Go to the beach? Well, certainly you can build that in. But what we want you to be able to do with that time you get back is to then focus on growth level tasks, and those growth level tasks are really the things that move the needle forward. That's where you're seeing the return on investment and, and um, growth in your business. And those are tasks that you as CEO have to do. You can't delegate them to your virtual assistant. So it's things like networking, joint ventures, you know, one-on-one contacts if you do sales one-on-one. Um, setting up a new webinar and delivering that content or challenge or, you know, these types of things that are more high level and the things that are going to move you forward. And so I always want CEOs to be thinking about their week and saying, "Okay, am I delegating time in my week to focus on these growth level tasks?
1: Hey, real quick, it's Julie. I just wanted to say thank you for listening every week. I absolutely adore you and so appreciate your time and your commitment to the show. And I truly love creating free content for you to grow your podcast and your business. And if you want to take our relationship to the next level, I know I would, or you just want to monetize your podcast without ads or sponsorship, hop into my free web class that'll show exactly how. Just go to com slash monetize, and I will see you there. Now back to the conversation. Sure, absolutely, and it's really focusing on the income income generating activities, like the things that those are not the ones that you want to delegate (laughs) unless you have a sales team, and that's a different conversation. But
2: right, right, yes, for sure.
1: So, um, oh my goodness, my brain just went totally blank. I'm sorry, I'm not usually this like it's scattered at the moment. Oh, systematize. That's where I wanted to go. So and I will go back and pause this later. So <laughs> no worries, or my team will rather. Um, so when we're looking at those things in our day, how do we determine what we can take off our plate and what should be pulled into a system or automation? Like what are the gaps that you see that that people most often miss?
2: Yeah, good question. So what I like to do is do a brain dump. So a CEO put makes a list of all the things that they're currently ruminating about, I got to do this, I got to do that, got to do this in your business. And then we want to strategically make a to-do list because just going through that list from top to bottom or picking the things that really stand out that you like to do and want to do is not strategic. And so what I encourage you to do is follow the Eisenhower matrix where we have four quadrants and we're really mapping out how important things are and how urgent they are. So important criteria is relating to revenue generating. So if it is exactly tied to generating revenue in your business, it's important. Urgent is relating to does it have a deadline that's coming soon and there'll be a consequence, a negative consequence if I don't meet that deadline. So as an example, you know, getting your taxes ready and paying them on time. Right? Not something most of us enjoy doing, but something that needs to get done. Right. Um, and so if you're in that time of the year where Texas is coming, that task might be more urgent than at other times of the year. So then you take each of that tasks that you wrote down on your list and you're gonna know, put them in one of the four quadrants. Important and urgent, important, not urgent, not important, not urgent, and important, not urgent. And so what you're gonna do is you wanna really focus on the ones that are important and urgent because those are the ones that are going to have a consequence and are also revenue generating. And that's where the gold is. That's where you as CEO, when you're spending most time in those tasks, where you're going to see the growth and and the momentum in your business. The other thing, the other three boxes, you're going to say, okay, but what about all those things? I can't just forget about them. Um, And so again, if you have a team, let's look at what are you currently delegating? Are there things, tasks in those boxes that you could delegate to your team and you just hadn't thought about it. Um, And this takes some work. It's not, you know, a five-minute decision because sometimes you have to actually evaluate your current team members and the seats that they're in. And, you know, do I have the right people in the right seats? Um, And so this can take us down a rabbit hole sometimes of a little bigger um, project, but it's worth the effort to make sure that the team I do have can support me with the things that need to happen in my business as I grow And then the other piece of that is automating and and systematizing. So again, we have way too many tools available to us right now (laughs) in terms of software, right? Um, And again, I don't want you get lost in in, in, in researching and digging into all of those, but ask your team. They're probably familiar with more tools than you are, right? Is there a bottleneck? Is there a spot where we're getting stuck you know, this happens every week and we're keeping stuck or this takes a lot of time, ask your team, how can we make this easier, right? Ask your mastermind, do you have anything for doing X, Y, Z? Um, And that can give you a good sense of what's out there without having to go dig, you know, from scratch. Um, And so really looking at what can I automate? What can I systematize to make things easier? And you may not be able to systematize the whole thing because certainly we do want some human touch Right. People are buying from a person, not just um, a website. And so we want some human touch there. But even if you could automate half of the current process it's taking you half as long, that's a game.
1: So as we're we're looking at the things to automate, what are the the parts of the customer journey that you see that people are most, you know, easily able to automate, like the customer onboarding, or what do you see that people are able to kind of take off their their plate and off their team's plate to simplify.
2: Yeah, for sure. So definitely right from the get-go before they're even a customer, um, we can automate quite a bit. So depending on your business, let's say you do have, you know, a one-on-one call for a discovery call or, you know, information call, whatever you want to call it. Um, That whole process can be automated. So in terms of having a calendar, having them book in the calendar, having reminders sent out automatically to them to, um, you know, remember to come. Same thing as what we did, Julie and I, for booking this podcast is she had a calendar. I booked in a time that worked with me and I got some reminders, you know, to remember I showed up on time and here we are. So, you know, that front end can be really helpful. You can also set up a email sequence from someone who's, you know, new coming into your world. So whether they reached out to you personally or they joined your email list set up some emails that you know they're going to get spaced out to welcome them to nurture them to tell you a little tell them a little bit more about your business. So all of that stuff can be set on automated but like Julie said with still a personal touch right mm-hmm. Julie's emails are going to be completely different from mine and that's the way it should be We still want your voice in there we still want it to sound like it's coming from you without you literally typing it. And then once we get to okay now I'm actually a customer, invoicing, booking calls if they are coaching and they're, you know, they need to book calls on certain days. All of that, again, can be automated behind the scenes so that you as CEO don't need to worry about it. Your team doesn't need to worry about it, but your team can be notified if, you know, an invoice isn't paid on time or a proposal hasn't been signed, that kind of thing. Um, But all of that, again, can be set up so that It's not something you're doing every time. So it's really about setting up those rinse and repeat systems that can happen over and over without your touch.
1: For sure. And I like to think about, you know, what are the things that you're doing over and over and over again that can be just taken off your plate entirely? And those are the things that are really good to automate. And it also allows you as the CEO to get out of the weeds and get back to being the visionary of your company, which is huge. And that's ultimately where we need to be. Yeah. It also will save you time and money and, you know, the things that you're doing at your billable rate as a CEO could be much easier if that happens by your VA, you know, at their billable rate, which is completely different than yours, which then frees you up to make more money To do the income generating activities and is a much lower rate. So it's a win win all across the board.
2: Yeah, 100%. Yes. I remember just last week, actually, I was working with a client and she was like, Well, I got a little creative. So I went in Canva and I wanted to do, and I was like, Okay, how long were you in there for? Not that long. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Famous last words. Right. (laughs) And I was like, So we went through that. I'm like, Okay, what's your available rate? If you were there an hour, and what's your VA's billable rate? Right? If she was there an hour, it might not even take her an hour because she right. knows Canva better than you. Um, and sometimes we just need those numbers in front of us yeah. to see that logic and to make the switch, right? Um, but without actually someone pointing out those numbers, sometimes we just think, "Oh, it's it's, it's just a little not bit that long." Short. Yeah, yeah, that's fun. And especially, but... I get it as a creative visionary. Sometimes it's fun to go and be creative and do those things. Um, And so I always encourage my clients to, you know, once their business is rolling and it feels more smooth and we've got systems and things set up in them, if they are not developing anything new, a big project at this time, like let's say, you know, they're writing a book, but they're not there yet to take some of that energy, that creative energy they have and have a passion project right? Because we're tended, if we don't, we're tended to get into the business and muddle with it. And then we're trying to fix something that isn't broken, right? And so I know someone mentioned to me once that they have a brilliantly boring business. And it can feel that way sometimes to high level CEOs or visionaries, and they want the next thing and the next thing and the next thing. Sometimes it can feel boring, but if it's working and it's growing and it's bringing you in the revenue. Put some of that energy towards something else you enjoy doing. Maybe you want to learn how to paint or you want to do something in your community. Um, But, you know, take some of that creative energy and put it to good use, but maybe not in your
1: business. Yeah. You don't have to fix something that's not broken. (laughs) So what brought you, tell us a bit about your journey. Like what brought you to this point and, you know, where you are in your career? Have you always been doing this or is this really, you know, how did you get here?
2: Yeah. Good question. So you know, for many of us as entrepreneurs, we don't have a straight and narrow path. It's a very windy journey, and mine definitely was one of those. Um, So I actually started my career in nursing. I was an ICU nurse for a number of years. Um, And yeah, that on the outside looks very different from what I'm doing now. But to be honest with you, when I take time to reflect and look at the gifts and talents that I've been blessed with, I have always been sort of in the back end, managing the projects. Okay, what are the, you know, all the pieces to fit the puzzle? You go on vacation, I can't just spontaneously go. I have to have all the things mapped out, everything packed and, you know, where we're going. It's sort of just been my nature from day one. And I think that fit into, um, you know, nursing in the ICU for sure. And then as my kids got older, I wanted to be able to spend a bit more time with them. I homeschooled them for a number of years. And then moved into the online world as sort of project manager. And so I enjoyed that, um, but I found that I wanted to dive deeper with my clients. So I was brought into their business to sort of manage, you know, a launch or something, one project that they were doing. But I noticed the CEOs struggling, right? Working 24-7, having problems leading and managing their team, not looking at metrics and financials as I felt they should be. Um, and so I really wanted to dive deeper with them and help them out in other areas, not just come in and do the project management. So that's sort of when I moved into director of ops and worked one on one with clients that way in their business, helping them with each of those pieces. And so that's where I've been able to kind of set up the framework now, where I have a group program, which is a, a 90 day sprint
1: working with CEOs that way. I love it. And I have a very special place in my heart for nurses because I started my career there too. So ah. I was actually a high-risk labor and delivery nurse in my first iteration of my career and then shifted yes. over to the IT marketing automation tech world. Ah, interesting. Yes. yes. But it's funny at least, yeah, and you kind of mentioned it too, but how much how much I've taken from the nursing world into the rest of my career that I never thought I would have, you know, ever. Yep. <laughs> Like yes. I remember um in nursing school, I don't know if you had this, but we had a therapeutic communication section of remember? And mm-hmm. <laughs> I hated it. <laughs> yes. I thought this is the most worthless class that I have had to take. Like I, I hated it. Yes. And it's something that I have used every day for <laughs> the entire mm-hmm. rest of my life since yeah. that point and have carried all throughout corporate, through my business, like. Just the whole yeah. communication styles, what to say, what not to say, like you're, you deal with such inflammatory situations in nursing that it's a very important part, of course, of what you do as a nurse, but it's just yes. funny how, how you take those pieces with you that you never thought you would.
2: For sure. A hundred percent. I agree with that.
1: Yep. <laughs> nice. Awesome. Yeah, that and, uh, you know, just the low stress mentality of at the end of the day in this world, nobody died, right?
2: (laughs) Oh, right. And Julie, I found that actually, that's one thing that has really come forward. Because you're right, sometimes, especially if I'm working with like a CEO who started as a solopreneur, or maybe they've got like, you know, a couple of contractors, but not really a full team yet. And we're growing into building a full team. Sometimes little things appear to the CEO as, you know, it's it's the end of the world, right? Um, you know, this launch is going to be a disaster because that button doesn't go to the right page, right? And just being able to help them put things in perspective has really been valuable. And I think a lot of that came from the background, right?
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. Awesome. Well, you've accomplished a ton throughout, you know, your nursing career, your professional career, but what does success look like to you? Like what, what have you, um, what does that mean to you?
2: Mm, Yes. I think I would say success is contentment and happiness to me. And so, yes, I do believe in having a profit as a business owner. It's certainly something I work towards and encourage others to. But then why are we having that profit? It's to allow us to do the things we really enjoy. And so I truly believe having time each and every day for something you that brings you joy is
1: really important. I love that. And on that note, actually, how would you encourage business owners to have fun in their business again?
2: Mm, yes. So I think I would say spend that time to sort of introspection, what do I need? What do I need in terms of support and what do I need in terms of self-care? Because for many of us, especially women, we've all got something that we would like to do that just doesn't get done. It could be as simple as drinking my water and getting my exercise in consistently. Could be as simple as booking a massage that I know I need, right? We're very much willing to book and, and, you know, take care of everyone else and ourselves come last. So just some introspection and really looking at what brings me joy and how can I build that in to my schedule? My business is not going to fall apart if I take an afternoon off for myself. And so really just believing that and then figuring out what brings me joy and what do I want to do if I take an afternoon off, what would it be?
1: Yeah. And it's a good way to recharge your batteries periodically and regularly, which we all need. And we all, we all neglect from time to time. And it's a nice reminder to put ourselves first and be able to, you know, and recharge your batteries because then you can serve others much better.
2: Yes. hundred percent.
1: So what can people expect from you next? I know you've got awesome things going in your business. What, what is next on your radar?
2: Yeah. So I'm looking at uh, launching my 90-day sprint program again in January. Uh, So looking forward to helping some more CEOs come in and really learn how to focus, prioritize, and propel their business forward.
1: Fantastic. I love it. And if you had the attention of the whole world for five minutes, what would you tell them?
2: Hmm... I think I would go back to the joy. So find the things in life that bring you joy and try to incorporate some of that every day in your daily routine. Don't wait for my week vacation. (laughs) Don't wait for retirement because life is too short.
1: Amen to that. Absolutely. (laughs) Awesome. So how can listeners support you? How can listeners support you in your work? Yeah.
2: So they can head on over to my website, which is CEOamplify.ca. I have some free resources there, which they're welcome to pursue. And I also have a podcast, CEO Amplify. Um, so for those who love listening to podcasts and need to add another one to their list, um, they can check out some more uh, information there.
1: Awesome. Thank you, Donna. This is amazing. And we'll have all the links below for everybody to come check you out and come work with you because that program sounds amazing and very excited to come check out more of it. Thank you. Absolutely. And if you found a value in this episode, please do share it. That's how people find us. And you can find me at sevenfigurebuilder.com and I look forward to seeing you on the next episode.
0: You've been listening to the Seven Figure Builder show with Julie Beranek. Julie Cutter Teeth consulting for Fortune 500 companies worldwide. And now she's redirected that knowledge and power to support entrepreneurs like you. She focuses on relationship-based lead generation and the magic of podcasting. If you're looking to elevate your business through storytelling, branding, and efficient systems, well, you've found your new home is what we do if you enjoyed the show and got something from it make sure to like rate and review we'll be back soon but in the meantime find us on instagram at seven figure builder find the website at seven figure builder.com. and to learn how to automate your podcast with julie find that site at seven figure podcast builder.com see you next time on the seven figure builder show